historic moment. Raptors win. morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to the DNVR Raptors podcast. My name is Colton Strickler, and I'll be your host this season. Uh, on top of putting out three of these shows each week, I'll also be providing you with a ton of written content um, to help you stay up to date on all things Colorado Raptors. Uh, that's Colorado's only pro rugby team. Um, I'll be bringing you everything from features, previews, recaps, anything, anything you're after, I can help provide. Um, rugby is a great sport that I love and I'm super passionate about, and I hope that the work I'll be doing over the next uh, few months will help introduce other people to sport and help them love it too eventually. Uh, yeah, so this is the first episode, the DMVR Raptors podcast, and uh, there's no better way to start out than uh, with some mailbag questions from the DNVR crew. So big shout out to all those guys for sending in some great questions. Um, yeah, and there's a little bit of everything in here. So we'll just jump right into it. Uh, the first one comes from Harrison Wind. That's uh, the DNVR Nuggets beat writer. And a uh, very fitting question coming from him is, which NBA players would be best at rugby? When we originally got this question, I was thinking about it. That's kind of a hard question. Like rugby, or excuse me, NBA players tend to be super long. Um, not usually like the, the biggest, like bulkiest guys, but uh, they say rugby's a sport for everyone. So I got to thinking a little more. And there's actually like quite a bit of similarities between basketball and rugby. Um, one of the first things that come to mind is spacing. Like uh, everyone talks about how important spacing on the basketball floor is. Spacing's just as important in rugby. If you get too, if you're not deep enough on offense, your 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 teammates are too flat. You're really not going to have much of an offensive attack. Um, another thing that uh, basketball and rugby have in common is the creating the the creating the space with movement aspect of the game. Um, if you if you get caught standing still in rugby, you catch a pass with flat feet, like you're not moving at all, that's not going to end well for you because chances are the guy on defense is closing in a hurry and he's coming with bad intentions. The same thing with basketball. If you're if you're trying to run an offense and you're super stagnant, not moving around at all, the plays aren't going to work, you're not going to have any space to do anything um, because the defense is going to be in your face all day. Um, so that's another that's another similarity. The third one that I kind of thought of was uh, similar in rugby and basketball. Is you have to draw people with movement of the ball, whether that be a point guard driving it into the lane, taking two or three defenders with them, and kicking it back out um, for a three-pointer or anything like that, moving people to create space in the lane, to give it to a big man for a dunk. Rugby's a lot has a lot of the same principles, and you have to run your lines and your plays and your set pieces. You gotta, you gotta draw people to the man with the ball to open up space for your teammates to run like a switch or really anything. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta move players to move the ball. Um, so I started thinking about the question about who I would pick, and I think really the best basketball players that would transition into rugby players would be guys that are really explosive. Um, so I, th I tend to think like more of the guards in terms instead of the big men actually like I think guys like Ja Morant and Russell Westbrook and a young Derrick Rose those are guys that are really explosive that that move uh, move off the ball they go for big dunks they can squirt through tiny holes in the in the paint 
I think those type of guys would be guys that I'd like to see in the back line, whether that be out on the wing or maybe as a fly half, like as a first receiver with the ball. Um, another another guard I thought would be a good rugby player is Patrick Beverly, just because he's so intense and he, he's such a pest on defense, and that's important in rugby too. You need guys, especially on defense, that are always working really hard. They're not afraid to stick their nose in there. A guy like Patrick Beverly that – He's, he doesn't back down anybody, and that's a good trait to have in rugby as well. Um, a couple of the front court players that I thought would make good rugby players. Uh, first guy that came to mind is P.J. Tucker, and he's another guy kind of like Patrick Beverly. He's a bully. He's a big guy, throws his weight around. Another guy doesn't really back down to anybody. Um, an obvious answer that uh, we bounced off a few of the boys is Steven Adams, just because he's a New Zealander. He's familiar with the game, but he's another guy. He's a big guy, big chiseled guy that he's the same thing. He doesn't back down anyone, plays good defense. He's a rock. Um, another guy that came to mind was Shaq for the same reasons. And then uh, kind of the cliche answer, he'd be good at every sport as LeBron. I th I'd like to see the type of rugby player LeBron would be if he's had the ball in his hands from when he was a little kid. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I think for NBA players switching to rugby. So thank you for the question, Harrison. That's a good one. Uh, next question comes from Luke Marshall, and his question is, could the Raptors drop kicker be an NFL kicker? Um, and it, the, the short answer is I believe so, yeah. Um, so as far as, like, drop kicks, that's that's something that kind of happens in the field of play but or in the, the course of the game, but, as for, like, uh, there's place kicking in rugby as well. Um, and there's some subtle differences in place kicking um, that I'll kind of go into. Um, the the first big one is the ball position. So if you're kicking a football, you usually have the nose of the ball uh, pointed back up towards your chest. Well, in rugby, it's kind of the opposite. So you have the nose of the ball on the tee pointing to where you want to kick it. So kicking for post, um, you line up the ball, you usually try to point it like right in between the two pipes. And then you'll kick the nose of the ball on the ground. That's actually pointing at you. That's where you want to hit the ball. That'll get it the nice rotation that you'd like. Um, also helps with accuracy. Um, so then the second big difference, obviously, is the operation in the NFL, right? Like the snap, the hold, the kick, there's a lot of moving pieces, a lot of stuff that can go wrong. Whereas in rugby, there is none of that. You, the, the kicker, um, you get to pick your angle, right? So if it's after a try and it's a conversion, you can pull it out as far as you want to give you the best angle. Or if it's a penalty, um, you 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 set the ball, there's no snap, no hold, obviously no operation like that. Um, that kind of gets into the next thing is like the angles are much more difficult in rugby because the, you can literally kick from anywhere, any side of the field. If the if the opportunity comes up and you th you guys think you have a kicker that can make it, you can kick for points. Um, so the angles are more difficult. Obviously that opens up the door for a lot farther of kicks, a lot farther of attempts. Um, so I think that's a little more difficult than it would be in the NFL or college or any other organized football. Um, and just based off personal experience, I know I did a little place kicking when I played high school football. And then when I made the switch to rugby, I was kind of our designated kicker. And I always felt I could kick a rugby ball farther than a football. Um, I looked up the weights. They looked super similar. I think an NFL football is 15 ounces, something along those lines. And a rugby ball varies between 14 and 16. But I always thought I could kick a, a football a little, or excuse me, a rugby ball a little farther than I could a football. So um, I think, given enough practice, I, I certainly think the guys have uh, 
have the leg for it, but I, I'd like to see them get a run in the NFL. I think they could do it. Um, so thank you for the question. That's a good one, too. Uh, the next two questions come from Lindsay Sauer. So uh, her first one is, can former football players transition easily to rugby? Um, and I say, yeah, they certainly can, but easy might be um, kind of a stretch of a – yeah, it's not it wouldn't be as easy as I think people might think just because – um, there is like a lot of basic skills and strategy and rules that go into learning rugby. Um, I think if you're an athlete, you're an athlete and you you can play pretty much any sports. I think that's kind of like um, across the board, that's true. Um, but there's some, obviously there's some key differences in football and rugby. And one of the biggest ones I think is football is very, very stop and go while rugby is very fast paced. There's a lot of time in football to catch your breath and in between plays or there's a lot a lot of substitutions and different packages like goal line packages third down defenses where if it's not if the personnel doesn't fit for the situation you can kind of come out and that doesn't really exist in rugby rugby super fast paced there's not very many substitutions in a match I think you're allowed five um not a lot of breaks either right so um it's kind of like soccer in that sense and the flow of the game like there's no there's not a whole lot of stops, whether it be like a couple stops here and there for a couple penalties or um, in between tries and stuff like that. That's kind of when you'll get your get your water and catch your breath. But um, it moves quick, and I think that's something that NFL athletes certainly could do if they get used to it, but it involves a lot of training. Um, yeah, like I said before, it takes time to learn the basic skills, rule, and strategy, but um, an athlete's an athlete, and if they – if they put in the work and they and they made a conscious effort to learn and get better, I think, yeah, they could make the switch. Um, there's been a couple football players off the top of my head that have been successful in converting before. Um, they both kind of played for the sevens team, but Perry Baker is the first guy that comes to mind. He was a wide receiver at Fairmount State University, which is a D2 school in West Virginia. Um, got signed by the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, had some knee troubles and kind of bounced around the AFL a little bit, the Arena League, and um, found his way to the rugby pitch, and he's actually turned into one of the best sevens players in the world. He's, he's just so fast. And yeah, the kind of, you can see the wide receiver skills transfer to him being a wing, like in the sevens circuit. Um, another guy that comes to mind is Nate Ebner, um, plays for New England Patriots. He's been a, a key special teamer for the Patriots since 2012, but his story is a little bit unique as uh, he grew up playing rugby in Ohio um, all throughout high school. He was a high school All-American. He played on um, some high school tours for the USA. Um, had always kind of had his eye on football. Um, when he got to Ohio State, played some played some high-level rugby with the United States as long as uh, as well as Ohio State and. Uh, got a walk on at for the football team. Turned into a, a guy they could count on to kick uh, kickoff, kick return, key special teamer. Played a little bit of safety and um, yeah, got picked up by the Patriots. And is kind of a cool story. They let him uh, take a break from the team to train for the sevens, the sevens team, the USA sevens team, as they were getting ready for the Olympics in Rio. And he was a guy that made the team. Went back to football and yeah, so he's kind of another example of. There, the crossover's there. It's just like it, with anything else, it takes uh, a lot of effort, conscious effort to learn the rules, learn the skills, learn the strategy. But, yeah, uh, if you're an athlete, you're an athlete. That's kind of what I think about that. And her second question is, uh, does Infinity Park offer kids leagues? That's another great one. Um, 
Infinity Park. That's where the Colorado Raptors play. We're, it's over here in East Denver, kind of around Cherry Creek. Um, yeah, and they do offer kids leagues um, for all ages, all skill levels, boys, girls. Rugby is a sport that's literally for everybody. Like when I say that, I truly mean it. Anybody can play rugby. Um, yeah, and the winter indoor rugby program actually begins on February 1st. So there will be four sessions of that. Uh, one on the 1st, one on the 8th, one on the 22nd, one on the 29th. I know that's starting to pick up here pretty soon. Um, and, yeah, that's starting to pick up here pretty soon, followed by the winter program. There will be the spring league, which kicks off in March, followed by the tri-league, which is the, the kids' uh, competition. They'll play other teams, Stapleton, Arvada, some of those uh, other youth rugby programs. Um, there'll be a girls' high school program that's starting up in oh, pretty soon around here. Yeah, and the, whether it's flag, tackle, or any any rugby for any skill level, um, Glendale can hook you up. You can find out more information about that at GlendaleYouthRugby.com, or you can follow them on all platforms at Glendale Youth Rugby. Thank you for the questions, Lindsay. I really uh, enjoyed those. Cool. The next one comes from Blaze, I think your name is. Um, and his question simple, what, what league do they play in? Yeah, so Colorado Raptors play in Major League Rugby. Uh, Major League Rugby is entering its third season here in 2020. Uh, the matches will kick off on February 8th, I believe. That's coming up quick. Um, there'll be like a two, first two weeks will be, for some teams will be in Vegas. They're doing a big Vegas weekend. Other teams will be scattered around playing, playing just standard uh, way matches and stuff like that. Um, but little like quick facts about the MLR there's 12 teams as of this year there was three expansions after last year um, started with seven original teams um, the Colorado Raptors were one of the founding members expanded to nine last year with the addition of the Toronto Arrows and Rugby United New York um, this year we er, excuse me this year the league added um, three more teams it's Old Glory DC Rugby ATL, which is in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, New England Free Jacks up in Boston. So um, they ju the league just realigned into conferences this year, so this will be the first year of um, – there will be two six-team conferences. So the West will be made up of the Raptors, the Seattle Seawolves, the Utah Warriors, the Austin Herd, the Houston Sabercats, and the San Diego Legion. And the East will be made up of the NOLA Gold, uh, Rugby United New York, Toronto Arrows, Rug uh, Rugby ATL, New England Free Jacks, and Old Glory DC out in Washington, D.C. That'll be a 16-week season. Um, kicks off beginning of February, the weekend after the Super Bowl, um, when the final will be played sometime in mid-June. Um, so the, the conclusion of the 16-week regular season will be a two-week playoff. So top four teams, top two of each conference will uh, make the playoffs. They'll play for a chance to represent the conference uh, the following week in the final. Um, yeah, the Colorado Raptors game will all be broadcast on coloradoraptors.com. Uh, there'll be a select few on CBS Sports. I think one might on Fox Sports 2 might be thrown in there too. Um, we'll keep you updated, obviously, as the season goes along. Make sure you can uh, tune in to watch some, some good rugby, good American rugby. Um, the rest of the games, if you're interested in watching the other teams play, just want to get into the league as a whole, games will, can be consumed on CBS Sports, Fox Sports 2, and ESPN Plus, which comes with that's a $5 a month subscription fee, but uh, that's how you can watch a decent amount of the games. Uh, there's a lot of other good content on there, too. I know of all you football guys, Peyton's details on there. Um, 
the basketball people, Kobe Bryant has shows. There's a lot of original programming on that. I think it's well worth the five dollars a month. Um, I subscribed last year. I really enjoyed all the all the content that they hooked me up with. Um, I think on top of all the Raptors game being broadcast on ColoradoRaptors.com, I think we will also have the games broadcast on DMVR.com. So be super easy to consume the games. Uh, yeah, should be should be a fun season. Um, Seattle Seawolves have won the last two championships, the first two, I guess. Um, so they're kind of the, the top dogs right now. Um, the Raptors always play them pretty tough. Those are always super fun matches to watch. Uh, Raptors will be making a trip out to Seattle in, in March, and then um, the Seawolves will be coming down, I think, in May. So, uh, yeah, it would be a good match to come out and catch if you're, if you're considering it. And like I said, we'll be bringing you all the coverage all season long, so you can, uh, you'll be up to date with everything that's going on. So perfect. Thank you for the question. Uh, next one comes from Justin Michael. He's a CSU beat guy. Uh, my my old buddy from college, Go Rams. Um, and his question is, which former or current local college football stars could transition to pro rugby? Um, so I appreciate the question, Justin. Uh, I got to thinking about this one too. Um, and I think of the, I mean, the best answer would be a decent portion of them could transfer, just like I was saying in the previous answer, if they put the work in, um, learn the sport, learn the basics. I think once they did that, obviously they're spectacular athletes I'd, I'd love to see what they could do on a rugby pitch but um, a couple guys that I just came to mind Dante Wright the freshman standout at CSU um, he's kind of a he's an electric factor every time he touched the ball I'd love to see what he could do with the rugby ball um, and LaVisca Chanel another another utility man they used up at CAU he's gonna be a high draft pick in the NFL same thing they find ways to get the ball in those guys hands on the football field the rugby would be the same way everyone touches a ball um, I think I'd like to see what they could do. Insert them literally anywhere into into the back line. They'd be a they'd be a good addition anywhere you put them. Um, a couple former guys I thought see uh, CU standout Phil Lindsay, Denver South guy. Um, same thing. Broncos find ways to get the ball in his hands, and good things happen. Um, he's uh, same thing. Yeah, home run hitter. He whenever he gets the ball, good things happen. And uh. CSU guy I thought of former guy Shaq Barrett he led the NFL in sacks this year for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, I think he'd be a fun guy to have peel off maybe as a flanker or or get him the ball as a big eight man rumbling around the scrum. Uh, I'd like to see I'd like to see that. And then of course he he's a sack machine, so he's a sure tackler. You always need a couple of those guys on your on your rugby team. So um, those are a couple of good guys. I'd like to hear what you guys have to think. If there's anyone else you you'd like to see come to mind, maybe at UNC or Mesa, Pueblo, a couple of those smaller schools that I don't keep up with too well. Um, yeah, those are a couple guys I thought of. Thank you for the question, Justin. Next question comes from Kale Sorbo, and his question is, is her, excuse me, I'm sorry, what's the rugby community in America and Colorado like? Um, and uh, I guess the first thing I have to say about that is Glendale's uh, kind of their moniker is Rugby Town USA. They didn't earn that nickname for, for no reason. Um, they do a lot of cool rugby stuff out here, and they've been doing it for a long time. Um, I think the stadium and stuff, all that was built in 07, and really since then it's kind of been like kind of the capital for, for rugby in the United States. They really have done a good job of putting rugby on the maps uh, here in Colorado and from all over. Um, the consistently there's big USA test matches. There, I know just in the summer USA played Canada, um, kind of the the warm up tournament for the World Cup, and that was a packed house. That was super awesome environment. Um, the Rugby Town Sevens is a big time sevens tournament they do here in the 
in the late summer, early fall, and that has teams from all over the world come. That's always super fun. That's a three-day tournament. Um, they've got the HSBC Women's uh, Sevens, which is the first stop on the Sevens circuit. That's all, that's the biggest um, Sevens rugby aside from the Olympics that kind of happens in, around the world. And that's the first stop here in October, um, which is a cool event. So, yeah, they, I mean, along with the Raptors, they got the Merlins. That's the that's the amateur side. They've got these academy teams. It's it's a it's awesome environment for rugby here in Glendale and um, Colorado, really kind of moving into that. That's awesome. It's just awesome all around the state, too. There's big Denver Sevens in July, which is a big tournament that a lot of people travel for. Aspen Rugger Fest in September is an awesome tournament. They play rugby right like in City Park in the middle of Aspen, right at the base of the of the mountains that's always a cool thing i went and checked out my first one this last september i had a great time um, a lot of good rugby a lot of established rugby clubs around around denver and colorado um yeah social sevens all throughout the summer like they, if you want to if you want to get into rugby um you colorado there's no better place to do it to be honest uh kind of moving usa rugby is headquartered in lafayette so if that kind of gives you any indication of uh, of where the the rugby's happening, that's um, that's here. So, yeah, if you live in Colorado, you want to get into the sport. Like I said, hopefully this is the kind of the gateway, and we'll be happy to guide you to to some more uh, cool events. So, um, and to be honest, like that the community that that's kind of been built here in Colorado is extended all over across America. There's a lot of places around America that have been playing some good rugby for a long time. Um, I mentioned earlier Seattle Seawolves have been have won the first two championships. I've had the opportunity to go play a few matches up there when I was a, a younger buck, and um, since I've been uh, doing stuff with MLR and uh, now covering the Raptors, I've I've had the opportunity to go check that out. Uh, the, their environment up there, and it's 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 awesome. Everyone everyone uh, is a welcome me with open arms. They've helped me get around, all that type of stuff, and that, that's kind of. Uh, speaks to the rugby community in all of America. Um, super close-knit, but it's always uh, very, very – everyone's been very nice at welcoming me and everybody else that's gotten into the community, actually into the community. Um, if you come to Infinity Park to check out a match, I know I've had friends come last year. It's been nothing but good things. Everyone's been super helpful. And, um, yeah, we, we acknowledge that rugby is a sport that a lot of people aren't familiar with. And our main goal, really, I think any rugby fan in America's main goal is to just grow the sport. We want to show people how cool the sport is. Um, we want to help you understand it the best we can. Um, so, yeah, if you make it out to a match – or feel free to shoot me any questions with something you don't understand. I'll be happy to break it down in the pod. Um, I'll be happy to write write some content to help you understand it better. But if you make it out, any you just turn to anyone in the stands and be like, hey, I don't really understand that call or I don't understand why this happened. And people are always very, very nice and helpful in uh, helping you understand the game. So, yeah, hopefully this show and the content that I'll be creating over the next few months will – introduce some new people to game and help that community grow a bit. So thank you for the question. Uh, next question comes from Patrick Lyons, and his question is, what's the future of a rugby in uh, America in 5, 10, 25 years from now? Um, I think this is a great question, and it's something that a lot of people have wondered for a few years. Um, I know around the world, especially especially in America, but, but people kind of refer to the USA as the as a sleeping giant of rugby just because we take so, sports so seriously here. And um, if, if we get rugby to a point where 
kids start playing it from when they're seven years old, like they do football, baseball, basketball. Um, we, we, America could really cause some damage like in, in the world circuits, whether that be the World Cup, um, Seventh Circuit, anything like that. Um, the way that we treat our athletes, the way we take we treat sports in this country is just um, if rugby could catch on and become one of those sports, so America could be a real problem for the, west of the rest of the world. Um, the recent success of the Sevens team is kind of proof that America has the potential to really be great. Um, I know last year they had an awesome Seventh Circuit. They finished second in the world um, just behind Fiji. And uh, that's just kind of the proof that if we take it serious enough and we get the right athletes buying in and, and becoming actual rugby players, that um, we, we could be a real problem. I know uh, MLR, the work that they, the, they've done, the Colorado Raptors have done as a founding member over the, the first two years of the season, of the existence has been really good in putting rugby on the map, like just getting it on, on more common platforms, like I mentioned earlier, has been good for the sport. It's been... Um, yeah, it's been good helping just catch people's eye, creating common fans, which hopefully will in turn create people that want to try the sport out. Because, um, yeah, one another thing about rugby is you can really play as old. They, they, there's no real age limit. There's a lot of old boys clubs you can play. There's 55-plus teams. Like, if you want to play rugby, I promise if you look, there's a, there's a place where you can come play rugby. Uh, yeah. So, but um, to be honest, like, the real – the real answer to this question is only time will tell. Only time will tell what rugby will be in 5, 10, 25 years. Um, I can tell you that there's a lot of people around the America that are committed to, to helping rugby grow and, and eventually turning America into the juggernaut that it could be. So as long as, as, long as there's people um, fighting the good fight, as they say, um, really the, the possibilities are limitless. So uh, thank you for the question. Those are good ones. Uh, the next three come from Andre Simone. Um, first one he asks is, what's the difference between a drop kick and a place kick, and can anyone take either? So, yeah, uh, thank you for the question, Andre. That's a good one. Um, it's just another kind of little nuance uh, at rugby that um, I'm looking to really clear up any questions people have, and this is a great one to start throughout the year. So please uh, send them in if you have them. It's no dumb questions. I'm, I'm happy to answer anything, and if you ask me a question I don't know, I promise I can get you the answer um, in a hurry. So, yeah, jumping in. So the difference between a drop kick and a place kick, um, both are ways to score. Both are worth three points. Um, but drop kicks or drop goals, as they're commonly referred to, happen within the within play, like within the live bullets action of the game. So that's like you you usually see teams setting up if it's like at a base of a ruck, which is a – how a, how a play technically restarts, like if compared in the football terms, like that's kind of a play – um, a tackle happens, a ruck is formed, the ball comes back out. Um, so you'll usually see a guy drop behind the ruck. Um, there'll be sometimes there'll be like a firewall, which is what people say, which is kind of like a, a way to block. It just kind of like seals off people from running through. Um, they send the ball back. Guy has to bounce it off the ground, kick it through the pipes. Um, that's worth three points. That usually happens during uh, during live bullets, like I just said during the the play itself. Um, I think in MLR, it ha really has not been too common to see too many drop goals. I think there's been less than 10 in the first uh, the first two seasons. Um, I'm not – don't hold me to that number, but um, I've watched close to every game the first two years, and I, there's only a few off the top of my head that I can remember. 
Um, if you'd like to see a good one, I would advise you to go check out the MLR Championship on YouTube. Um, YouTube page is USMLR. Uh, just type in Major League Rugby 2019 Championship between San Diego Legion, Seattle Seawolves. Um, Joe Peterson, San Diego Legion's fly half, he hit a, he hit a pretty deep one um, towards the end of the game. That would kind of give you a good idea of, uh, of a drop goal if you wanted to go check one out, see one in real life. Um, uh, like a place kick. That's uh, that usually happen. That happens when a penalty is committed. So when a penalty is committed, you have a couple different options to restart play. Um, you can you can quick tap, so you bounce it off your foot really quick and just kind of keep playing. Um, you can elect to scrum. Obviously, that's when uh, you go to the mark the penalty was committed. You can scrum down. Play restarts that way. You can either win or lose the scrum. You can run a play off that scrum. Um, yeah. Or you could kick to touch, which is kicking it out of bounds, advancing it up. So if where the penalty committed, you usually see people kick it as close as they can to their goal line, um, kick it out of bounds, and that's kind of where the line out will be, which is like a throw-in in soccer. Throw the ball in. Um, you can run a play off of that. You can you can maul, which a lot of teams do. Um, that's kind of you form. It's kind of like a scrum, but you're on your feet. Um, you can advance the ball that way. That's another big tactic, but you you would drop kick. That's that's the other option as a penalty. Uh, your team's looking to score some points. You have a kicker you think can make it. Um, everything kind of comes into consideration: the distance, the angle. But um, that's a that's a way to kick, get three points, like a field goal in football. Um, yeah, those are that's kind of the difference between the two. Um, the second part of the question is: Can anyone take either? And the answer is yes, anyone can. There's no designated kicker like per se as a like in the NFL the Broncos have Brandon McManus that's his only job is to kick while rugby you play offense defense and there'll usually be one or two players that handle all the kicking duties but um, you'll see every now and then if a team's up big and they want to let a big forward have their shot at a kicking for post you'll, you'll see that sometimes so uh, there's no rules really anybody can kick the ball at any time um, but like I said there's usually a couple guys on the team that are that are the kickers so Thank you for that question, Andre. Moving on to his second one. What's the most exciting play you've seen on a rugby pitch? This is a, this is a tough one. Um, there's a lot that come to mind, but one off the top of my head, it's kind of going back to the last year's MLR championship that I just referred to. Um, that, the way that game, that match ended was super, super exciting. Um, like I said, Joe Peterson hit a, hit a drop kick, and Seattle had one more chance really to score. They moved the ball down the pitch. They got a line out uh, down near the end to, in stoppage time, and um, they literally there was a it was a rolling mall. They packed like the whole team in, and uh, San Diego just wasn't wasn't able to hold them. But um, that's kind of like the closest thing you can get to a walk off win in rugby, and just being at the in the championship, it just made it that more exciting. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to get the opportunity. I was standing right behind the end zone out there in San Diego that the, all the action happened. So it was really it's an awesome environment. It was an awesome game. It was an awesome ending to the game. And um, that, that's probably one of the most exciting plays that come to mind uh, right off the top of my head. Um, a couple of the Raptors ones that come to mind, um, a couple of the home games last year, uh, Houston Sabercats playing the Raptors here at Infinity Park. Came out and watched that one. Houston got up on, on Colorado big. It was 30-something points, I think. And, and – uh, the Raptors stormed back, and they ended up winning that game. Um, and another one that comes to mind is the when Rooney came to Colorado, play the Raptors, uh, kind of the same thing. Um, Colorado 
fought hard all game and Chad London squirted through uh squirted through a hole there at the end and broke a couple tackles and shot in for a try right there at the at the eighty minute mark and that was a that was a super exciting one that comes to mind. Um it's from the Raptor season. So cool. And then Andre's third question is another tough one. And he asked, Who is the best player in the league? Uh, and that's that's real tough. There's a lot there's a lot of really good rugby players um in MLR and they're they're just keep adding more. I know a lot of teams have gone out and got a couple of big names, which I'll kinda get into towards the end. But um uh last year Brad Tucker from Seattle, he won MVP in twenty nineteen. So um kinda by default we uh, we mentioned him because he, he won MVP, so he's the best player last year, but he's a guy he's a big, tough runner. Um he runs hard, gets a lot of carries in a game, a lot of carries on the season, and he's a tackling machine. Um, I think he missed, I would say, south of 10 tackles last year, and he played all season long. So he, he's a great player, uh, very deserving of the MVP awards last year. Uh, another guy that kind of comes to mind, uh, super cool stories, Tristan Blewett. He's a guy who plays in the back lineup uh, over down south of Nola Gold. Uh, he played so well last year in MLR that – actually caught Sean Payton of the New Orleans Saints eye and um, he actually got a few workouts with the Saints um, in the offseason so that kind of speaks to the type of player and athlete that he is uh, he's another guy super fun to watch Run, runs the ball like a maniac um, it's tenacious on defense uh, it's another guy that comes to the top of my mind a couple guys here on the Raptors uh, Raptors got a lot of a lot of guys that could contend for the best player in the league um, first guy is John Ryberg. He plays wing. Um, him, he, along with Dylan Fawcett, who's got one of the best nicknames in, in the MLR out in New York. He goes by the Butcher. Uh, him and him and John Ryberg last year they led the MLR in scoring uh, tries. Both had 13. John Ryberg's a he's a home run hitter. When he gets the ball, um, you can you can count on him to score. And if he doesn't score, I, he's going to get a lot of meters. He's going to break a lot of tackles and. He's got this. He's got a deceiving speed. I'll say, <laughs> you know, when you when you see his physique, he's a he's a big, strong, um, bulky guy, and he, and he can really take off on you. But like I said, he hits a lot of home runs. He scored a lot of tries last year, and he's always fun to watch when he hits the ball in his hand. Uh, Luke White um, is another guy here on the Raptors. He he's a big forward. He's he's uh, been around for a, a while here. Um, I think it's five or six seasons, but. He's a guy who who also he'll take the ball um, at pace and he's he's fast he runs hard he he he'll hit you in the mouth he's not a he's not a guy you can tackle with just one one guy um, it's gonna take uh, team effort to bring him down so uh, last year he was a guy who got a lot of carries got a lot of meters on those carries so um, he's another guy certainly who uh, can hang with the best in the league I'd put him up there with just about any any forward. Um, another guy that comes to mind is Patty Ryan, San Diego. He uh, he won forward of the year last year. Um, the same thing, another guy makes a lot of tackles, runs hard, um, plays a lot of games. He's a reliable guy. Um, he's another great player. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, there's been a, a lot of teams have done done a lot of work bringing in some, some big names uh, across the league. A couple guys the Raptors have brought in is a former All Black Renee Ranger, and a former Wallaby Digby Ioni. He, uh, those guys will be be here out at Infinity Park this year. It'll be a lot of a lot of fun to watch them play. Um, those are some big names that 
that really make the that make the league interesting. It should be fun. Uh, like I said, teams across the league have kind of gone out and got some some big uh, overseas names, along with uh, growing a lot of uh, in in-house talent. Really, a lot of people um, from USA, Canada that that you might not have heard of, but with the, with the opportunity to play MLR, they've kind of turned into turned into some rugby stars, and it'll be interesting to see how it goes. So. That's all I got for the the questions from the DMVR crew. Thank you, everybody who sent in some questions. It was really good, um, kind of across the board. It should should give. I hope it gives you guys a good understanding of kind of the dynamic of the league and and the kind of the main players in the league. And um, yeah, so thank you so much for the questions. I really appreciate them. Um, so yeah, that that'll be a wrap on episode one. Um, thank you for tuning in. Like I said, we're putting out three a week. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Uh, Hope to catch you back here soon. Thank you.